everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Kestra Out Loud. Somebody grab my pocket protector. This is the Nerd Alert Edition. Yes. I'm your host today, Maria Bethel, and I am joined here by my fabulous co-host, Mr. Austin Moon. Thank you. Glad to be here. We're glad you're here on the Nerd <laughs> Alert Edition special. Well, we also have two extremely special guests today. We have Karen Bean and Taylor Sparin of Kestra Financial, and they know all things about alternative investments, all the products that are uh, here at Kestra, and so excited to have you guys here. Thanks for coming on the show. Our pleasure. Thanks for having us. Does anyone ever call you, like, T-Swift or, like, anything? Because when he was saying Taylor Sparin, I'm like, Taylor Swift. Well, That's all that came to my mind. Tay-Tay. Tay Tay. Okay. Kenta, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why is that not your favorite? What is happening right now? Okay, so what we want to know right now is um, just starting at square root one. Why are we here today talking about CLOs? What are they? We have no idea. We need you to enlighten us. We are no experts on CLO, so why are we talking about them today? You're the expert. You let us know. Well, I think this is like the perfect coming out party for Nerd Alert because CLOs are something that is in everybody's portfolios. You cannot pick up a publication, look at a website or anything, seeing something either positive or negative about CLOs. So it seemed like the perfect thing is our coming out party on Kestra Out Loud. Yeah, I got to admit, I'm, it. I'm a little embarrassed uh, until yesterday. I've never heard of a CLO. <laughs> Apparently, they're everywhere. I don't even know. What, what does CLO even stand for? I'm glad you said CLO and not CLO because <laughs> it is an acronym. <laughs> and CLO stands for Collateralized Loan Obligations. Collateralized Loan Obligations. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if you can give us a 90-second deep dive um, into what exactly a CLO is. Sure. So CLO, it's a fixed income bond um, that holds and manages a diversified portfolio of leveraged loans. So whenever we're talking about CLOs, they are made up of a diversified basket of leveraged loans. And um, these leveraged loans are financing U.S. businesses. And these are not investment grade businesses. These are businesses that are either highly leveraged um, or going through some sort of M&A transaction that need leverage, that need these loans. And it's estimated that anywhere between 50 to 65% of the financing of leveraged loans comes through CLOs. So how is this different from a high yield bond fund or a CDO? Which I didn't know what a CDO was. <laughs> For clarification. Just saying. We're so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Nerd Alert <laughs> is proud of you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you know what a CDO is, but a CDO is completely different than a CLO. Okay. A CDO and a CLO have about as much as common as their first and last letter, but that is it. Okay. Collateralized debt obligation is specifically for mortgage bonds. So that's your commercial real estate mm -hmm. mortgage-backed securities, your retail mortgage-backed securities, and then you're also your subprime mortgages and that was yeah. largely responsible for the 2008-2009 global financial crisis mm -hmm. now your high yield bonds those are your junk bonds mm -hmm. um, so those high yield bonds they're paying there's higher interest rates because you're taking on more risk those are your non-investment grade bonds so you're you're receiving more interest you're getting mm -hmm. that higher distribution because you are taking on more risk 
Okay. And the biggest deal here, Taylor, is really that these are tranched out mm -hmm. with your CLOs, where with a high-yield bond, you're, you're buying the bond. That's right, yeah. So a high-yield bond is a direct ownership of a bond, mm -hmm. where a CLO, like Karen just said, they're broken out into tranches. So a CLO has anywhere between 150 to upwards of 250 leveraged loans within it, mm -hmm. and then they are broken out into tranches. You're starting at your highest rated tranche from your triple A's down to your double A's, single A's, triple B's, down to your triple C's, and then also your equity portion of the CLO. <laughs> then within that, they're rated by a rating agency, whether it's S&P or Fitch, um, based on how risky they are. And then that is how you invest in, in a CLO tranche and then what kind of risk premium you're receiving. So it's no shock to anybody here, I'm sure, that we might end up with lower rated CLOs because mm -hmm. you know what? They pay the most money. Sure. Mm. And so as investors are stretching for yield and pushing advisors, I just had a call yesterday. Someone's like, I'm looking for what's yielding the most. And it's like, well, we can direct you to a CLO, but what are you taking on? What is the, um, the client giving up mm -hmm. and control in order to have that mm -hmm. extra Cheddar, as I like to call it. Between, <laughs> between risk and return. Right? Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay, so can you explain to the audience how big this market really is? Um, how much exposure there is um, in the CLOs? And do you think this market's going to continue to grow? This market right now, um, generally in the terms of finance, it's young because the first CLO was created in 1993. But it is absolutely blown up in the past decade. It has increased in size from around $500 billion post-crisis to now currently over $1.2 trillion. Oh my so it's just doubled wow. in 10 years. And um, whenever we're talking about the size and we're looking at where we are in the credit cycle, this is something that we're, that we're really interested in and that we want to take a look at more of the vulnerabilities associated with it because it hasn't gone through a full credit cycle yet. So this is why we, we just want to be aware of what's going on and educating our advisors and also getting a deeper understanding for ourselves what are NCLOs. Yeah, we really started this work uh, at the tail end of last year. Nothing that has been happening as of recent in the markets were even happening. We just saw this growth and we said, hey, this can't all be positive and it also can't all be negative. Let's mm -hmm. just start doing the work. So Taylor started in earnest in December. And here we are with the absolute best timing to be talking about this and getting people to recognize they might have some risk in their portfolio. So, so how much risk are we, are we talking about when, you're, when people are considering CLOs? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about those vulnerabilities. Thing. Sure. So like all investments, all investments are risky mm -hmm. and they each have their own parameters of risk. And um, a leveraged loan is inherently more risky than a corporate, grade, than a corporate leveraged loan or a treasury bond. Mm -hmm. um, Within the leveraged loan, they are more inherently risky because they are your your companies that are not investment grade. And um, what we're looking at is the underwriting standards. Whenever we look at the underwriting standards, we want to look at what covenants are are in place. And, and we're seeing an increase in cov light loans. So these loans that do not have as much investor protections as we would like to see. Mm -hmm. So generally, um, the market has not seen that many Covlite loans, but in the past couple of years, we're seeing upwards of 80% of these loans being Covlite. Yeah, when you come back to like, you know, how long I've been in the business, and especially after the market decline, 
everybody was all about debt covenants. You can't have much more than a certain percent of leverage. You can't put anybody in front of us in the debt stack. You know, we would really be protected as the investor. Well, with the boom, these are now just about how fast can we generate these loans? How quickly can we collateralize? How quickly can we get these to market? How quickly can we tranche these out? And all of the covenants have kind of gone by the wayside. But if you really haven't had any defaults, investors don't have an appetite for the risk protections. And now we'll have to see what comes of that in this market. But these Covlite loans, we, we really are a little bit in that Warren Buffett, we'll see who's swimming naked. <laughs> I don't even want to picture that right now. <laughs> We're going to find out. So since we talked about what some of those vulnerabilities are, can you tell us what Kestra Financial is specifically doing to assess the risk? Talk nerdy to me. <laughs> I am your resident nerd, the nerd with personality. So I'll tell you, like, easy pickings is mutual funds, ETFs great place to look at leverage loan risk because all of the institutions, the insurance companies, they're taking those higher rated tranches that uh, Taylor talked about. We are going to get some of those junior level in our mutual funds and ETFs. And then Taylor's specialty is on the alternative investments. And why don't you talk a little bit about what you're doing with our sponsors? Sure. So as a due diligence analyst, it's always important to be performing due diligence on our new offerings, but then also our current offerings. So I've been reaching out to our current product offerings, our sponsors, trying to understand their CLO exposure. How much exposure in CLOs and then within CLO, what tranches are they exposed to? Mm -hmm. Are they taking on the more risky profiles like your triple C's or what kind of exposure in the tranches and, and the leverage loans do they have? What kind of under, underwriting standards do they have? Are they more Covlight loans? Have they done stress testing on the portfolios? What happens if the interest rates go up or down, say 200 basis points? Or what if there's a market decline, like we're seeing like right we're now. Like we're seeing now, <laughs> exactly. Of 20, 30, 40, 50%. Um, stress tests, they tell us a lot about how it might happen. Um, but we really want to make sure that they're actually really stressing the portfolios and they can withstand a rating agency downgrade or drastic measures within their portfolio. And we did see that in the market decline, again, just going back historically, where people did stress test. They told us they stress tested. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, when we said what happened, they said, well, we knew it could get bad. We just didn't know it could get that bad. Oh. And so with that and, you know, a decade ago, we really have to make sure that these firms are doing their best effort to really, truly stress for what could possibly happen, not what will likely for like happen. For worst case scenario, stress yes. testing, yes. not just throwing out a maybe this will happen, maybe that'll happen. Right. Hmm. So you guys have done a ton of research. You're living in this CLO uh, research world. How are we educating advisors about CLOs? You know, what resources are available to the Kestra advisors out there to, to learn more and, and dive in? We're on Nerd Alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is something, like Karen said in the beginning of the show, that's constantly on our minds and something that we're seeing come across our desks all the time. So whenever we're seeing it, we want to pass along this information. So that's why we are doing this podcast. And then also our due diligence team, we're in the process of creating a white paper, which we're going to distribute to all our advisors just to get them educated on the leverage loan space, the CLO mm -hmm. space, what kind of questions they should be asking as they're creating their models. 
as they are acting as a Repis portfolio manager and, and aligning what their client's needs are to be able to understand what kind of income stream do they want, where these distributions are coming from, how much risk they have in their portfolios. These are the kinds of questions that we just want people to be aware of and that we think podcasts like this and our white paper and conversations that you guys can ask us is a great resource for our advisors. And I think for Morningstar users, I mean, easy one to dig in because mutual funds inherently are so transparent. They'll tell you exactly what they own. Mm -hmm. And if you know you picked a portfolio of four or five mutual funds that had great yields or distributions, you might be surprised at how much CLO exposure you actually have. Because if you do a CLO index, and there is such a thing, it'll pay you five plus percent distribution rate. Where if you did treasuries, you're lucky if it's one and a half. Mm -hmm. So it is something that the more that you have stretched for yield, the more you should probably hit your morning star and just start looking at the exposure and then rating for yourself and for those clients in those funds. Is that fund really right for them? Great, fantastic. So uh, just to wrap up today, if there's any additional questions that advisors have regarding CLO, who can they contact? Where can they get more information? So depending on what kind of offering they're looking at, certainly here at the due diligence department, due diligence at castrofinancial.com, we're easily and readily available. Um, the other way to go is if it is specific to a mutual fund or a specific to a single offering, talk to the managers. They put out great work and great commentary on how they assess the risk. And definitely don't be afraid to reach out to those managers and especially mutual funds, they're doing regular filings. So we love to get that factual information right from the folks making decisions. Great. Awesome. Thank you all so much. Do you Thank feel you. smarter, Austin? I do. I, I can go out and talk about CLOs now. So Should we? I'm super excited about it. That's going to be a dinner table talk tonight with the kids. Sure. Absolutely. Teach them all about the CLO. More like a bedtime story. <laughs> or a bedtime story. <laughs> They'll be out. Straight to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should borrow their glasses. We can yes. feel smarter. I like it. I We're, we have to better prepare <laughs> for next time. Um, thank you for joining us today and learning all about CLOs. We look forward to seeing you on the next quarterly Nerd Alert episode. Over and out. This material is distributed or presented for informational or educational purposes only and should not be considered a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or investment product, or as investing advice of any kind. It is suggested that you consult your financial professional, attorney, or tax advisor with regard to your individual situation. Comments concerning the past performance are not intended to be forward-looking and should not be viewed as indication of future results. CLOs are complex investments and not suitable for all investors. Investors and CLOs generally receive payments that are part interest and part return of principal. These payments may vary based on the rate loans are repaid. Some CLOs may have structures that make their reaction to interest rates and other factors difficult to predict, make their prices volatile, and subject them to liquidity and valuation risk. Alternative investments involve substantial risks that may be greater than those associated with traditional investments and are not suitable for all investors. These risks include, but are not limited to, limited liquidity, tax considerations, incentive fee structures, potentially speculative investment strategies, and different regulatory and reporting requirements. 
Investors should only invest in alternative investments if they do not require the liquid investment and can bear the risk of substantial losses.